This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nikidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from the Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully ever, 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything so Jess has been doing her long runs interval sessions and she will be tackling the final 10k in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes yeah big focus on endurance and a brand new foam which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs so if you want to know more head to the link in the show notes listening to the running channel podcast with me sarah hartley my excellent co-host andy badley and our button presser or pressing depending on whether you ask me or andy extraordinaire rick oh what a lovely <laughs> intro that's the best one i've had so far actually. i know don't get used to it it's going to change things. yeah and a casual grammatical dig at me there i think so every week on the running channel podcast we take you through one major topic in the world of running that we hope will be interesting to you as well as tackling the latest news and your questions probably most importantly so let's get stuck in So our topic for today's episode is our favourite training sessions for 10k but first let's have have a little bit of a catch up. Andy how's your week been? It's been amazing we had one of our run clubs in London last night we had an amazing group of people come come. it wasn't raining this time which definitely it definitely helps and just I had the most wonderful conversations a lot of them about the podcast loads of people had already been emailing in or had really specific questions based on what we've been saying to the point where they're asking me about stuff that I'd forgotten that I'd said. What type of stuff were they asking you about? Was it more about you know your family situation, how many children you have? <laughs> have you ever <laughs> no, run a marathon? Was, uh, is anyone here called Jenny? Because everyone uh, was naming their Strava titles. So yeah, for, <laughs> for reference uh, from a previous episode, that was very much a Strava title. If you think your Strava title is something like uh, Park Run with Jenny, that means we think Jenny is slow. Yeah, and that was from trending on Instagram, Laura Green's Reel, which is excellent. Go watch so that. So good. So good. Um, but have you been out for a run this week, Andy, apart from the run club? I did. I, I snuck out uh, on the excuse of testing a rather beautiful pair of shoes that I've been sent, which I'm not allowed to talk about. Um, so that was that was nice to escape the, the mayhem at home with the, you know... the Set 17 children in the <laughs> yeah. bus. Yeah, brilliant. Funny enough, they didn't ask me about the 17 children, but they did ask me about how many pina coladas you regularly have before a podcast each week. So. I, I, I've had a really light week, actually, drink-wise. Drink. Uh, <laughs> and running. No, generally. But I did run for 15 minutes non-stop, which is the most that I've run in over two years, as you know. So That's incredible, 15 yeah. minutes nice. non-stop. And it felt amazing, actually, because obviously I've been run-walking as I kind of get back into it. Uh, from the injury and the, the surgery that I had, but 15 minutes and got there and then had my gait analysed and, you know, both legs still working. So fantastic. <laughs> That's a winner. Well, speaking of both legs still working, Sarah is now, what are we, recording on a Wednesday. You're running a soccer marathon this Sunday. Yep, let's talk about me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah bring it back. <laughs> bring it back to me. Great that you guys have been out for one run. I've got to run 26 miles in like three days. Oh, <laughs> and good. travel across and the other travel side across of the world. And travel across the other side of the world, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, jet lag's a state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this is what I, this needs, is my mantra for you. Who needs sleep? I True. think it'll be fine. I think you look really relaxed, though, Sarah. 
Thank you. I feel like a duck right now. My little legs are really paddling super quick. Um, I've already made one error in that in Japan you need loads of cash and I've left it too late. So. You need loads of cash? What, they don't use cards and stuff? Yeah, people keep telling me that apparently it's really hard to use your card in Japan, but I'm going to have to now because <laughs> I've left it too that late. That sounds like it must be fake As, news, I don't but think I, I haven't been true. to Japan for a long time. Yeah. yeah, but you're not going to Japan. So yeah, so not... <laughs> better to be prepared. Yeah. And, yeah. and genuinely, I've seen and been talking to you about your training. We've been talking about it on the podcast, but you're training has gone really well and I just uh I'm excited for you to hopefully enjoy it out there yeah I'm excited I got texted through my training for this week and my coach Andy just put the marathon as Sunday long run with friends <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking nice do you feel and like you're then- properly tapering this week as well because you were you know a little bit upset that you weren't tapering enough yeah last week I was like wow I'm still running so much and this week I'm like oh I've got to go out for a run oh no but it's only tonight I've got uh three lots of three two one minutes intervals at 10k pace so to get legs turning over but not too much volume yeah Um, and then really excitingly not only is this your first trip to japan but more importantly i think next week's podcast is going to be being recorded almost straight after the marathon yeah it's going to be very very soon after so stay tuned for that if you've got any questions that you want me to answer immediately post marathon send them through yeah and then someone else have to remember them for you i think (laughs) yeah I'll be struggling to read them (laughs) after running. But yeah, no, that episode should be super exciting. If I'm still coherent, uh, then. Well, maybe it's better if if you're not. So yeah, there's going to be a big time difference. I think you're seven hours ahead of us. Mm -hmm. uh, And we're going to try and record it your like early evening and I know our morning in the UK. So it'll sound a little bit different, but it's really exciting for you to be able to do it straight after. So we get the kind of real reflections that the emotion the real how are my legs actually feeling raw sarah raw raw sarah, raw sarah. yeah i apologize in advance yeah for not, what you're not, about to hear. not just the legs we had some really lovely comments that i'd seen about you know rick mentioned how emotional he was after his first marathon running london um and just that sense of achievement so i know this isn't your first marathon but you know you're traveling to a, a new country like taking on a different challenge in a different way and i think it's going to be you know rewarding in, in a in a way that you can't yet predict probably yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed okay well we're going to move on and talk about 10k training rather than marathon i know there's a lot of people in marathon training uh but marathons aren't for everybody and also 10k 10k training in general is something that a lot of people are interested in it's a stepping stone to, to running a little bit further or if you're an experienced runner and you just want to get faster at running 10k then there's there's ways that we can do that and so we decided to just chat about the things that we like doing and last year sarah took on the amazing challenge of trying to break 45 minutes um in front of an audience where you were the only person on the track which was yeah, terrifying. terrifying such a bad idea <laughs> but no, it was actually it was super fun i had my paces with me at all times as well um so it wasn't apart from the final lap it wasn't just me by my by myself although it is quite scary when you're the only one that's running the whole time there was a lot of pressure yeah the scrutiny of, of people sort of watching and keeping an eye on the clock and, and yeah i and feel like it's one percent of what you would have experienced at the olympics but i like to say that i can now relate yeah i wouldn't diminish it though like it, it's it's a, it's a different thing at least i had years and years to build up to that and i suppose the way i used to treat pressure was that you know i'd been training for a long time in order to experience that pressure so mm-hmm. if i hadn't managed to you know get to a major championships or something like that then then I wouldn't be able to experience that pressure so I'd actually been training hard in order to end up putting myself under that pressure and um I know that that we had a chat before you, you took on that race and and um you, you walked a lap of the track in the same way that I would have done before the Olympics the world champs with with Andy where yeah. he's just like let's just walk just walk a lap it's much he easier calls to chat. It his office as well yes. he's like before before you go on your run we're just going to do a lap of my office yeah, funnily enough, we used to, when I was training, we used to refer to the 1500 meter start line as my office. So like we even if I was doing 400 meter reps or 
you know, even number of laps. We often would start it at the 1500 meter start, which is the start of the back straight, uh, which is a strange place to start on the track. It's not the start finish line, but it was kind of getting used to that's where I started. That was my, that was my, my work my office but we've digressed already <laughs> yeah <laughs> Not sorry talking about 10K. back to 10k um it was actually interesting last night as well so jess piasecki was there um doing a q a with us at our run club and she was talking about how you would think someone who is running at her level she is the second fastest marathoner in the uk of all time yeah 222 incredible time but you would look at someone who's training for marathons and think oh okay if you're a professional marathoner you must be training for a marathon all year round yeah. but actually no she goes into blocks for marathon training but she also does 10k training in between so she'll do a period of training yeah. where it's 10k focused and then go into a marathon block so that's why 10k training is so useful it, not just if you want to target the 10k distance but if you are someone who's fallen in love with marathons yeah. but doesn't want to be running ridiculously long every weekend 10k training is a good one to fall back into yeah so she was saying right now we're what is it six seven eight weeks out from london marathon which is her race target and then this is where she's really starting to do the marathon specific stuff yeah you know it is a, an extreme case she's obviously very fit year round but yeah periodizing your training and, and breaking it up into different key focuses is definitely a way of helping you to keep it interesting and to get fitter more quickly and to, the variety is, is the key so um i think we've both got our own picks i wonder how we haven't we haven't, we haven't discussed it. I so, wonder if we're going to pick the same. Can yeah. I go first? Yes, please do. So when I was training for my sub 45 minute 10K, I used the running channel training plan, which you can download for free on our website. Nice plug. That is a plug. <laughs> <laughs> that is a three day a week plan. I changed it into four days a week just by adding in one kind of extra easy eight to 10K run. Because you're a badass. Because because <laughs> it wasn't enough. <laughs> um, but my favorite session from that plan each week was the interval session. Yeah. I always went to the track to do it and it was super fun. And so, if I had to pick one favorite training session from that whole block, which I think this was repeated a little bit throughout the plan in lots of different variations, and it makes such a big difference. And it's pretty much the session I'm doing tonight. So it oh, nice. translates into different distances as well. So it is an Andy Hobdell special, five, four, three, two, ones. So this specific one um, is from the 12 week plan, I think. And that's time, not distance, right? So five minutes, four minutes. Three, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's two sets of five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one minute. And then in between each of those times, you get one minute yeah. rest, which can be, depending on yeah. how you're feeling, it could be walking, it could be jogging, it could be running, yeah. um, however you feel. Try not to stop in those recoveries because it makes it so much harder yeah. to get going again. Ideally, you'd keep jogging, I think, if you, if you can. Uh, but yeah. it might take a little bit building up to that. And then in between the sets, so once you've done one lot of five, four, three, two, one, you then take three minutes recovery. Again, ideally jogging, but if you need to walk for a little bit, that's absolutely fine. And then you go back into those five, four, three, two, ones. And all of that is at 10K pace. So at the end of that workout, you've got 15 minutes, bang, uh, 30 minutes, sorry, banked. Yeah, how's maths? <laughs> <laughs> maths. You've got a really solid 30 minutes banked at your kind of 10K target yeah. pace. And then as you go on, um, I think I ended up doing three sets of that. So I was getting 45 minutes at 10K pace with the recoveries. And then it all started to piece together because the hardest thing over 10K I've always found is that it's so much longer than 5K that it feels really daunting at the start if you're targeting like quite an aggressive PB pace. And if you break it down and do our favorite thing. Oh, we chunking. Chunk it. Yes. Chunk Just it. chunk it. Chunk a little bit. Where's that much? Um, it makes it feel so much easier. And this is what that session did for me. I think this was the session where I went, okay, 4.30 per kilometer. I might be able to do this for 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah, that's the 45 minute 10K pace. So yeah, it's a, and, and a progression of that, 
that workout is to because it's easier to run faster on the short the shorter the reps get is to to do it at a slightly progressive pace so you get quicker each rep so five four three so the, the one minute rep ends up being the fastest which means then you don't take that three minutes recovery afterwards yeah so there's loads of variations and then if you really want to do it hardcore you can flip it flip it around and go one two three four five which i think is mentally much harder yeah no not a fan <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a no from me what's yours oh well see you've picked I, I would also say interval training like i think we hammer on about variety and so maybe the exciting thing to talk about is the interval stuff because they might be different versions of things people haven't heard of and that can make your training more exciting so i'm going to go and try that so if you do go and try any of these workouts we talk about then email us at podcast at the running channel.com let us know what your favorites are um but I hated what you've just described. <laughs> so, so we picked like we. I've briefly touched on it on the podcast before about how running to time really yeah. doesn't suit my psyche. So, going for a three minute effort and, and almost doing like, when I did that same workout as you, one, two, three, four, five. I'd have just done it on a continuous loop around a park that that was hopefully a few miles or you know, five, six miles worth of running, so that I never repeated myself and that was what kept it interesting for me. But then that made it hard for me to measure whether I was running the the three minute and one set as fast as the three minute the next one because yeah. I didn't have like a, a lamppost or a track to run around so yeah not too surprisingly my workouts are track based because <laughs> I that's what that was my office that we talked about so so the session I want to talk about is four lots of 2k reps um, and they're split each time into different paces so the 2k is five laps of the track um, you know it's a mile and a quarter I guess in in imperial measurement um, so the first one of the four would be at your 10K pace, even pace the whole way through. Um, then you take three-minute recovery where you'd ideally try and jog. I would have tried to jog a whole lap of the track in that three minutes. Um, and then another 2K, but this time alternating pace. Um, and so I would have alternated between 10K and 3K pace. So Is that for each lap? Yeah, so the, yeah, sorry, that's so of the five laps. You can start the first time you do this workout by alternating 10K, 3K, 10K, 3K, 10K because then you only have two faster laps. Yep. But then actually, if, if you the build-up there is swapping that around, so you end up with three really fast laps, and that's much tougher. Um, and so I appreciate not everyone knows what their 3K pace is, but just treat that as 5K and a little bit faster. So a little I don't bit think faster I've anyway. ever heard of 3K pace before. <laughs> well, You'll know if you've hit 3K pace when you get to the end of the lap and you're like, that, that was too that's fast. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it, I'm done. That's, 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 worth, that's worth bearing in mind that, that like not everyone has... You know, I used to race 800 meters, 1500 meters, 3K, 5K. So for me, they were very distinct paces. But in yeah. this case, just think of it as 5K pace, maybe a little bit faster. The rest of the session is another two 2K reps. So you've got three minutes recovery after each one. You've done the alternating one as your second rep. Then you go back to 10K pace for number two. And then the fourth one, instead of doing alternating, what I would then do is move through the gears. So I'd start at 10K pace, maybe slightly slower. And the goal was that every lap of the five laps, so every 400 meters of your 2K, you had to get faster and then finish at... 3k pace ideally a little bit faster than that so you're kind of all out for that last lap and so that that whole workout takes you through so many different we always called it going through the gears um to practice the different t different types of paces and ultimately with 10k pace in that being your easy pace that's why it's only 8k of volume you're you start to think of 10k pace as being a bit more comfortable yeah because i do think that for me is when i kind of unlocked being able to hit a pb is when i was like oh okay actually this pace isn't right up in in terms of what I'm running is the hardest thing like you definitely we always talk about you have to run either side of what your goal pace is whether that yeah. is for 5k 10k half marathon marathon whatever you're targeting you need to make sure that you're going a bit faster and a bit slower within 
your training week? Yeah, so many people get one paste and, and they're like, I don't have any other paces. But mm. they, and then you need to try to find them. So like you just do them in, in strides or short efforts at the end of a run, just be like, well, can, can I run faster than this? Yeah. Because you just settle into this rhythm that becomes natural and comfortable for you. We had an incredible example of that in when we were doing our training camp in Lanzarote. We yeah. did an interval session and everyone's usually in an interval session, you will head off super, super quick and then your last lap, you'll be absolutely trying to go faster than that first one, but you might not hit it. Whereas everyone there wasn't really used to going that far. So actually their last lap was their fastest because each time they ran, they were like, oh, yeah, I can go a little bit faster. Yeah, and that, you need to find that in training like, yeah. to test that out because you shouldn't finish every training session on your hands and knees completely all out, 10 out of 10. But if you don't find where your limit is, then you might also be holding yourself back a little bit. Um, and, and we, we made people when we did a hill session out in, in Anzawas, we made people run the second to last rep, the hardest. Mm. Uh, and then funnily enough the, the, the final rep, they actually were able to do just as fast as they'd done the first few. Yeah. Um, but mentally I think they would have saved something and everyone always goes slower on the second to last one and then really fast on the last one, but forcing yourself to do it on the penultimate one, or maybe even the, even the effort before that does, does fundamentally change the mentality of it, which I think is a good mindset to get into. Yeah, so give that a try. If you've mm. got an interval session coming up, try on that penultimate one to see whether you can push yourself a little bit further because that's always the one that I find the most difficult. But if you go in with that attitude, yeah. the last one will take care of itself. So you're listening to the Running Channel podcast. It's question time soon, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now at the Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. <laughs> It's almost time to answer your questions, but first, every episode, we pick a news story from the world of running to chat about here. So, Sarah, what have you got? So, I've got a bit of a, a bit of a sad one this week, but I feel like it's very, very important to talk about. So, the Southern Lakes Ultra is a beautiful-looking ultramarathon in New Zealand. It's 250 kilometres over seven days, six stages over a week. Yeah. But in this year's race, unfortunately, 110 athletes were left trapped after some really, really bad weather. I think whenever you sign up to something as long as an ultramarathon, when I signed up to my first one, I did the thought that crossed my mind is what happens if I'm left in the middle of Thailand without <laughs> and unable to get out. Yeah. And um, these people, no one lost their life, which is incredible. Some had to be helicoptered out, but they yeah. all made it back safe. But I think it's just a really important story to highlight that there are incredible races taking part all over the world, but safety is so, so key. And the longer it is, the harder it is to keep people safe. Yeah, I think I think for me, the most interesting thing here, thankfully, it is it's a positive story in the, in the way that people have been rescued. Obviously, yeah. they've been put through kind of difficult conditions and so on. But to my knowledge, everything, everyone's OK, like you said. Um, and it seems to, to me to, I haven't done, you have taken on an ultramarathon in Thailand, but I'm always thinking about logistics of it. Like I've got friends who've organized events in the UK uh, up to kind of half marathon and marathon and just the logistics that go into that, you know, mm. the people are quite spread out over, over that distance. So if someone's, if you're running hundreds of kilometers over, over several days through some of the most, 
the most beautiful places are often the most remote. So keeping people safe and, and it, sh- it shows how important things like the mandatory kit, mandatory kit lists are. And I think in this case, they everyone had to uh, carry a, some kind of transponder for that yeah, location. Yeah, so it was compulsory for everyone to carry a personal beacon. Yeah. And that is the, the most key thing that you can take because yeah. with the best one in the world, I finished Thailand uh, ultramarathon. It was 54 kilometers. And at, I think, 50 kilometers, my phone died, my watch died. Luckily, it was very, very well marked out. Yeah. Um, and I did have a kind of beacon with me that I could have pressed if I thought I was in kind of any kind of danger. And I did find my way back. So it was fine. But in that moment, it did go, okay, I've, I'm only four kilometers away from the end and I know where that is. Yeah. But if I've fallen over here, I've got no way of yeah. contacting yeah. them without that personal beacon. So if you're taking on a long race, definitely like there's so much to think about, but do think about the safety element of it. Yeah, and we're so reliant on technology. I think like we often, you know, we talk about using our watches for navigation and everyone's comfortable using their phones. But if you don't have signal, you can still have GPS on your phone. But if you haven't had signal that loads the map to show you where you are on a map um, or you haven't preemptively downloaded the, um, the maps to work offline, then that could be a problem. But ultimately, if you're still reliant on things that have battery life, then that that's something to be aware of as well. So compass maps, like I guess... People don't want to carry extra weight, but you know, if you're exploring places um, or not in an organised race, then definitely you need to have be prepared to be kind of off the grid and, and navigate back. Yeah, and if you're doing kind of self-supported, kind of self-navigated stuff as well, I know loads of people in the UK, especially, take on challenges like this every year, and you can um, hire or buy like little trackers as well. So that's yeah. definitely worth looking into if you're doing. I know everyone is out in the mountains bagging incredible challenges and goals. Yeah. It um, is scary though. I, th- I yeah. think it's so scary when you hear about, mm. you know, people, when you might get stuck on a run and you're in the middle of nowhere and you've got no phone signal. Luckily, I'm on one of those phone networks, Donkey Mobile. <laughs> Donkey that Mobile. I don't actually get any signal in my own home in central London. Right. So, so I'm, I'm always prepared. Whereas out to on be the mountain, you. you're fine. I've, I've, I've always got a flare walking around Islington <laughs> just in case, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, uh, actually just to summarise this one, I'm just amazed at what a good job so many event organisers do to keep people safe and to put these things on because people are looking i mean increasingly these things these races didn't exist really 10 20 years ago and people have looked for a challenge beyond a marathon yeah um and want to experience that that adventure and that sense of accomplishment and to try something else new so yeah hats off to the event organizers that do an amazing job and and obviously events have struggled the last few years with like being shut down due to the pandemic so yeah let's go back get back out racing me included andy come on pep talk for yourself do it this marathon's happening this is just andy's internal monologue come on andy <laughs> you can do it yeah. just do head it. out that's my monologue every morning just to get out of bed get those kids in the car get those kids <laughs> yeah, in the get car. them in the bus get them get on. In the bus. one two three four <laughs> yeah. five six it's like noah's ark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow okay right go on andy what's your story my mind's totally different so um i saw this thing where a u.s company called aris composites had done a study into the best and worst running cities it's u.s focused and i was like I don't, why is a composite like engineering company doing a study about the best places to run i really hope this gets more interesting <laughs> oh thanks yeah okay <laughs> well it turns out they make carbon plates for running shoes so right. they, they've got a vested interest in kind of news stories about um about where it's good to run uh but i just thought it was interesting how they ranked the cities and whether these things are how you would consider what makes a good place to run so they, they only ranked cities over five hundred thousand inhabitants so oh can we guess what their categories are yeah so they they used four different kind of weighted 
um, scores for four, four different categories and then they gave them an overall score and then that was how they said they were the best or the worst places to run. Right. So there's four things you've got to come up. What, what four things would you rank a, a city on or a place for running in? Quality of pavement. Quality of pavement. Oh, that, that, that's quite... Or like place, that's, no? That's, that's, that's the most specific. obvious. What do you need to run? I, I was Shoes and somewhere to run. E- elevation, surely. Oh, elevation. Uh, Neither of these things. I mean, maybe ele- quality of pavement might have come into one of them. It depends on how you qualify. Surface quality? Sort of, yeah. What, so one of them was proximity to a park. So like how, how close you were to a green space. Right. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, Air quality. Air yes. Quality, yes. Number yes. two. We are Very two good. out of four. Okay. What else do you need to run? Air a park. Uh, I, I'm. I'd be amazed if you get these last two. Um, like density what, of population. Kind of. It's not that, but like, what? I guess what risks would you run in in a city? Oh, risk of being shot. Oh wow. Um, I mean, that, that wasn't where I was going at all. I don't think that's specific. To I think runners. it's more like traffic. <laughs> there oh, we go. Right, there right, we go. Right. Pedestrian. Pedestrian mortality. So like, how well, how likely was, you are to be hit by a car? I guess. I was kind of right. You know. Pe- Pedestrian mortality. Well, yes. Uh, to be think, fair, I safety. They must have had to rank safety. it on safety. Safe, it's safe. Yeah. They haven't ranked it on safety of, um, in terms of, I guess what you're talking about in terms of street crime. Uh, but yeah, pedestrian mortality, air quality, proximity to a park, and then one final one, which street lights, no, lit, no, no, it's not. These are all. See, this we should have been involved in doing this survey, <laughs> um, because the last lit one lights. Okay, this lit last lights. one is one where all you anywhere in the UK would score really low on, on this. I think. Ooh. And and it's not something that I think impacts running quality. Uh, it's more it's it's weather related. Oh, rain. Yes. Precipitation. <laughs> they they, call, they <laughs> called it rainfall, but very good. Oh. <laughs> rainfall. Okay. Scientist Sarah. Um, yeah. I, I so pedestrian mortality, air quality, <laughs> how close comes... you are to green space, and then how much it rains. That was really good fun. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> See, it started, and you thought it was going to be boring. Yeah. Speaking of precipitation, this isn't running related, but this was a poll in the Running Channel office this week. Yeah. Do you think we still need the weather on the TV? Oh yeah, as in because everyone gets it on their phones. Were, yeah. I mean, Sarah is desperate to try and do uh, do the one for weather presenters out of their jobs a bit much isn't it i always wanted to be a weather presenter bear in mind that i think the weather presenters on tv are also like what they're they're trained they're meteorologists, meteorologists so that yeah. they're they're so you know they're presenting for five minutes at a time on tv but the rest of the are. time they're also I don't think they all are and okay. they used to be but I think were you ever the because you were the royal correspondent sports correspondent politics correspondent when you're on the, the radio i was never the weather correspondent okay, fair enough <laughs> in fact in one of my last jobs they did scrap the weather at the end did they but on tv it's actually one of the most popular segments so they'd, they'd ne- on kind of breakfast tv so they'd never scrap it's just it. nice isn't it looking yeah, at the I weather think so. I you can either grumble at it or you can yeah. go like oh a bit of sun but well sorry, i think i think it's like being on the other side of a motorway when the opposite direction is oh. backed up when you're in the weather and you see that so, like somewhere in the rest of the country's gets got like torrential <laughs> like, downpour scotland minus five so yeah then it goes london rain i'm not sure we even care what the best and worst cities were but sorry um, yeah what's oh, sorry, the best yeah, you, you, is yeah, it in america yes you, is, had, they, you had a story andy sorry <laughs> continue yes hey it's just like uh reading one of those bedtime stories pay attention children as they're all you're not running doing right. the, the fun voices the fun voices okay <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 do i need to do, i can't make those i can't make all the cities rhyme because that, that was, the, that was the, his normal voice oh. <laughs> he's got his Brilliant. podcast Hi, voice Please. Channel. Yeah, i think i've got family. a podcast voice this is yeah. very embarrassing so, uh, leading the uh, city... I can't do it. Oh, he's back. Um, Awful. Yeah. So, the, the best cities running were... I don't have the full list in front of me, but San Francisco was number one and Boston was number two. So, San Francisco, actually, they, 100% of the population live within a 10-minute walk of a park, which is quite a cool stat. That's mm. cool. It's very hilly, though. It's the home of Strava. So, um, that, that could 
have something to do with it. Um, and then Boston was number two. Mm. Famous um, marathon. Famous yeah. marathon. They have got a beautiful, they think it's called the Emerald Necklace that kind of threads, uh, it's a green space that threads its way through the city from the center um, out into kind of sub- the suburbs, which is really nice. So I have run in both of those places. Um, but then the worst cities I haven't run in. So the worst two were Memphis, Tennessee was the worst. And then Louisville, Kentucky was second. Okay, is this just US based? It was just US. Oh, right. I was yeah. going to say, this seems a bit biased. <laughs> well, I imagine Aris Composites are a... Uh, so we're, we're giving them a good plug here. So maybe, I don't know how many carbon plates. We've been talking about super shoes a lot, but I assume that's there. Uh, having been in PR world before, you know, this is how you make a news story about your own company. So we've done them a done them a service and give them a plug. It's working. Yeah, Their there we go. Their plan has worked. So we finished our news stories. You're listening to the Running Channel podcast. And next up, we've got your questions. If you've got any for the future, then email into podcast at therunningchannel.com. Right. Time to pick your brains. Here they come. The first question today is from Rohan, who emailed in and asked, which are more effective for training interval sessions on a flat surface or hill reps? I mean, we were talking about changing voices for the podcast <laughs> your, your question reading voice is incredible well i i do like to please <laughs> such a professional broadcaster um more which are more effective for training interval sessions on a flat surface or hill reps um you probably get more bang for your buck with hill reps and then potentially uh they're slightly lower impact depending on how steep the hill is because you're making contact with your foot at a higher height so you're not having the same amount of pounding so there is some evidence that you could return to hill rep running before you could return to kind of regular interval running, particularly on the road, um, because you're sort of a little bit more protected from an injury perspective. Um, that's my first take. Sarah, which do you prefer, intervals or, or hills? Intervals, 100%. <laughs> well, that was, <laughs> well, a, I that think was quick. You can, so with hills, you can also do it differently as well. Hills is obviously the hardest one to be able to execute because not everyone lives next to the perfect hill. Yeah. But you can do 30-second hill reps. You can do slightly longer hill reps. Um, yeah. I think if you have never done hill reps before, you're going to see the biggest kind of jump in improvement from just starting doing hill reps compared to if you're already doing interval training, ramping that up, you're not going to see as much of an improvement as jumping into hills personally from personal experience. Yeah, I think that the hills exaggerate everything. So they make yeah. it harder. Um, you have to exaggerate your running form. So you have to really drive your arms and get your knees up high t- in order to like, you know, not fall over on a steep hill. <laughs> um, I didn't. I wasn't very good at knee lift. So hills were a good way of me helping myself to work on that form and that drive you mentioned 30 second hill reps i would definitely go to 45 seconds to just it's really interesting i think physiologically that people can quite easily sprint for 30 seconds pretty hard but as soon as you make them go to 40 or 45 seconds that that extra 10 or 15 seconds is so different yeah i feel we did it in um lanzarote on our training yeah. camp and that 15 seconds hurt me every time yeah and <laughs> I had a few people ask me like so why are we doing 45 seconds not 30 seconds i was like well the, the reason that you're complaining about yeah. it is the reason that we're doing it because it, yeah. it does make a big difference um so if you had to choose, I mean, I would I would alternate. Like if you could only do one hard session a week and you were choosing between hills and intervals, I would I would alternate so that you don't get kind of stuck in that that groove because you obviously can't run as fast up a hill yeah. as you can. You off. can get a bit more variety with intervals as yeah. well. There's a lot more that you can do. Oh, exactly. There you go. Have you got another one for us, right? Yeah, this one's from Wesley. And Wesley emailed asking, which YouTuber would you most like to collaborate with? I'd like to chip in uh, to start off with. Wes, if you don't mind. Um, One which isn't a pain in the arse. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's that, okay. Right, uh, Rick speaking from, from Rick speaking from personal experience. He's got. A friend. Are we included in that? Uh, um, I think we're relatively normal compared to some of the well, people. Well, I think we might get some emails in some people who don't think. Yeah, I would like to collaborate with Max Vosch. He recently oh, you stole mine. I was going to say that as well. Yeah, sorry. He recently rode a tiny little bicycle across a whole country, and I would like yeah. us to make him run a marathon somewhere ridiculous the hilliest marathon in the world or i would like him to run across that entire country as yeah well. I, I, he is very funny very silly um british youtuber he's done some really funny stuff where he's he, he managed to trick people landing at gatwick airport that they might have been landing at luton because he, he bought yeah. out land and, uh, near the near the airport and pegged out a massive sign saying luton airport welcome to luton um i reckon a good max Fosh one as well would be he also one of my favorite videos from him is he broke into a security conference yeah uh, I reckon we should do a video with him where he breaks into somewhere and runs a marathon and gets yeah. back out without people realizing. Yes, and then he takes the risk and we don't get in trouble. Yes. Yes, perfect. So I would, my favorite, one of my favorite YouTubers is probably a guy called Mark Rober, an ex-NASA engineer. So he's uh, science stuff, which I find fascinating. Science stuff. Science stuff. He just builds incredible <laughs> things. He's, yeah, that's he's NASA. Like, There's that degree stuff. at work again. <laughs> <laughs> so so I just I love him he's a US based uh, YouTuber millions and millions of, of subscribers and makes incredible videos about these things that he builds the world's biggest t-shirt cannon to fire t-shirts into the standard uh, events um, all of that stuff he tricks people who steal parcels off people's porches I'm sure people would have heard of him so he, he would be my pick and then we should give shout out to, to other running YouTubers probably like Ben Parks in the UK Ben is running um, Ben is running he's coming out with me to Osaka yes to so, so you're well. sort of already collaborating with him out there yeah yeah you're going head to head yeah, 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 yeah. He's aiming for between T25 and T28, so wow. yeah, no, no problem. Okay, yeah. nice. <laughs> Looking forward to speaking to you on Sunday. Hi, <laughs> <Why>, guys. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, <laughs> yeah, you're going to sound great. But uh, as uh, to wrap this up, I suppose, email email us at podcast.therunningchannel.com with your suggestions. If you know somebody who's a, a really prominent YouTuber who does something slightly different, maybe wants some help with their running, or yeah, we could do yeah. an epic challenge together, then we are all ears because we're totally up for that. Yes. And the more noise you make, the more noise we make. <laughs> as in, <laughs> no, Sorry, as in, the more people that say something, the more likely they are to take notice rather than, you know, Andy with his two Instagram followers sliding into their DMs. Yes, I am uh, not a big influencer. So. <laughs> yet, Andy, yeah. Yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. What is this space? There's always time. There yeah. is always time. Well, that's it for this week. You've been listening to the Running Channel podcast. We are genuinely so excited that so many of you keep coming back each week to listen to us. And we've got big plans for improving this podcast and a lot of them come from you. You let us know what you'd like to hear and we make that happen. So please drop us a comment on social media. Send us an email to podcast at therunningchannel.com and if you could, then do us a small favour and rate and review on the podcast platform that you're listening to us. And good luck, Sarah. Thank you. Yes, you're going <laughs> to smash next it. time... You'll hear me, very out of breath, very tired, very jet-lagged, potentially having finished a marathon. Ah, come back and find out how she gets on. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra-springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.